Let me tell you one story about something I learned. Let me tell you one story about something I learned. Yeah. Gonna hit you hard with the fast and the fury. Make your mouth drop like Jordan and Julie. Stepping on the court, dog on dangerous. Get in the score like Bobby De Niro. Don't approach us like a gully Lero. Leave you looking like Eddie Norton. Straw in your world like Marvel Martian. Wanna know why the God sent we? Are your belly full? Are your mind empty? All sound like on BET. How many naked girls do you see? I miss our wild lot, we can't believe me eyes. Won't stop rocking till the boat capsized. In the holy water, washing off your disguise. Always go back to your dirty big sty. Damn, big, you left them hypnotized. Soldiers dance in the middle of the night. Smoking trees and chilling with fights. Fridge got food and the kids are tight. I got a big dog and he wants at night. Soldiers dance in the middle of the night. Smoking trees and chilling with fights. Fridge got food and the kids are tight. I got a big dog and he wants at night. Walk a fine line like a high wire act. Welcome back to another edition of the Be Forever Cool podcast. My name is Rex45, and I'm fortunate enough tonight uh, or this evening to have the one and only Bobby Shakes, who looks to be hiding behind his microphone, um, you know, on the podcast. Man, what's going on, Bobby Shakes? Chilling, man. No, I was just... Was that Slim Pocket? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is, Shakes, man. man. You know what it is, man. Wow. Yeah, right. Wow. Dopeness and in, in, in you know. Uh, what, what what can I say? You wanna wow. <laughs> Well let's let's talk about Slim Pocket, right? Okay. So I remember you and the band kinda had you guys ran into some problems and you guys kinda broke up. Correct. And you used to come to my crib in Somerville. Uh-huh. We used to get on our pedal bikes. Yes. And we used to go for these crazy bike rides through traffic late at night. I was on the single speed. You was on the 10 speed, 21 speed, whatever. I had 20, gears. 20, I had 20, gears. Yeah, yeah. yeah gears. I, 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 don't think, I don't think if you're under 70, you should have gears on your bicycle. <laughs> That's just me. Right? I think gears on a bicycle is for dudes that are 70. No di- no disrespect to Lance Armstrong, but that's what I think it is. And we used to go on these crazy rides. And one day, I think we were downtown, and you said, yo, Shakes, this is not fast enough. And I'm all like, well, not really. I mean, we're probably doing, what, 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably 20. I was, we was, I was in shape, so probably 20, 25. 20, 20, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 25 yeah. through traffic, through red lights, in and out. And you were like, yo, this isn't fast enough. And I said, okay, it's not fast enough. I'm still not getting a bite with gears, right. so I'm good. <laughs> and then like a couple months later, you showed up at the crib in Somerville with the with the Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. What was it? It was an 848 or the, eight it, was fo- an eight, it was an 848 Street Fighter. Yeah, right. And I just remember us in the back. Chopping it up. Chopping it up and... At that point, you didn't really have a job either, right? You were like trying to look for a job, and well, I was, I was working for myself, and yeah. um, which I was able to do with the band years and stuff like that. And I, I, I was at a point where I was tired of doing the sales, right? Um, and, and you know, decided to go, you know, just go work for somebody who I don't have to worry about that and, and employees and, and that type of thing. Um, so yeah, so and you know, also wanted to get in this bike world. So yeah, so I, I, I went off and got a job again and and you you uh went off and and took your photography to another level to where it was supporting yourself and and i think you know we both decided well you got a motorcycle afterwards yeah it, it was crazy because it went this is not fast enough right pedal bike 2011 t- yeah to an 848 brand new ducati 2012 yep. to a 1099 is that is it a t- that's a 1099 is what I, is a tax form. That's a tax form. Is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> what is what, what 1198? Uh, 1198s. And it was like at that point, I'm thinking, okay, so clearly a single speed bike can't keep up with a, with, with, a, with a motorcycle. Clearly. So then I went and I took the test. You told me to go to the to, to the motorcycle school, so I went to the motorcycle school in. Um, in High Park. Okay. And 
I said to myself, I always wanted a motorcycle. I always wanted like a Harley, though. Right, right. Well, I'm gonna say this is how we differ, right? Because right, you know, I went for the the 911 Porsche, <laughs> <laughs> and you went for the six four Impala. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, but I said I love motorcycles, but do I really love motorcycles? And I think you're the one that told me. You said. If you're going to get into motorcycles, you cannot take your tests in the summertime. You got to take your tests in the wintertime. I think, yeah, you told me that. And so I went and I took my test the last test date in November. Mm -hmm. And that happened to be the day that I got, I was taking my test was the first snowstorm of the year. So basically, I was learning how to ride a motorcycle in the snow. The leaves were wet. It was a good, you know, like a good little, a little frost on the um, on the ground. Uh huh. And it was like, okay, if you love motorcycles that much, you can behave and react and still have fun. Right. In the cold, and I remember hugging that little two fifty engine <laughs> to stay warm in between. <laughs> Right. Listen, I've done it a bunch of times on on different bikes, sticking my hands on the engine when it's cold out just to stay warm. Yeah, you got to stick your hand on the engine, and that was it. And then after that, I said I got to get a bike, so I wanted a Harley. So my ex, she's all like, "I know you want a Harley, but do some research." Uh huh. So I did some research, and okay. I and and Harley Davidson had a thing called um, it was all the black clubs okay iron elite yeah yep, yep. It, it was iron elite and i watched every single video of iron elite and literally i would stay on the couch <laughs> i didn't i didn't know how to ride i was just like switching in my hand and i'm like and my girl would look at me from the kitchen like is this dude really riding a motorcycle on the couch and I'm like, Bruh. so one Sunday I said to my girl, I said, yo, you came over again. And I'm like, I, I got to do this. So we went to the Boston Harley. Uh-huh. And um, I had like three grand in my pocket. And I said, I want this. I want this. It was a 1200 custom. And I go, this is the bike I want. It was yellow. It was crazy. And um, the dude said, let's run the credit. So I said, fine, let's just run the credit. That's it. That's it. So I went around, and with the three grand I brought to the dealership, I, I, I was walking around the dealership with the helmet on, jacket, gloves, boots. I had everything. <laughs> Put me in the game. I'm Put ready. Put me in the game. And let me take you guys back. This was before I took the motorcycle test. Right, right. So if I had passed, if I, right? So I got all the gear on. And the dude come up to me and go, Mr. Shakes, I I'm very sorry. You have a credit score of three. <laughs> <laughs> Your credit score is a three. You don't qualify for this bike. So on your way home, did you have the window down with your biker gear on? <laughs> so I said, fuck it. I bought all the gear. I bought all the gear. I you bought gotta, all you the gotta gear. I bought all the gear. I had I had a jacket. I had a, I had a three in one jacket. So it was spring, winter, fall, right, summer. Right, right. I had heated gloves, non heated gloves. I had a full face helmet. I had all the gear, boots, everything. Right. No motorcycle. So when I'm gonna go take the test, like I'm the only dude that actually showed up to the motorcycle exam, looking like Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, but but you, I wanted to manifest this. Right, you have to. And the funny thing was, I was watching you from a distance manifest yourself. Right. And by that time, so I'm watching you eight. You guys, you you guys really understand to go from eight four eight to uh eleven nine eight eleven nine eight. On a 1099, <laughs> right? Not a W-2. And then, so, and I, I and what I did was I'm watching you manifest, and I just said, you know what, what I'm going to do? I'm going to start paying my credit. So I start paying my credit, paying my credit, paying my credit, paying my credit. Got my credit score to, uh, I think, a 600. 
And one day I'm just driving in my car and I'm like, yo, I really want a bike, but I don't know what to do. At that time now, I was jobless. Right, right, right. So you guys got to understand, 45 was going through a transition and I was doing the photography. Then you manifested. And then as you're manifesting, it's like I'm on the back end now. Mm. And like you used to come over there and be like, you'd have to give me like $20 for lunch. And I'm all like, yo, 45, I really think I want to get into this business and I think I want to work for a motorcycle dealership. So I'm driving, confused, no money, broke. And I'm all like, how am I going to get into this? So I said, you know, let me, turn, let me listen to some rock and roll. So I turned the radio station from, it was inside the dance hall on, uh -huh. on, hot, on whatever. B87. B87. And I turned it to WAAF. And I'm listening to some rock and roll and I'm listening to like, I don't know, Metallica. And I'm like, whatever. And then the commercial came on. And it was like, Mom South, we will finance any idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I resemble that. I resemble that. I'm that idiot. So I went home. I got $2,500. I went straight to the dealership. Uh -huh. And I saw my Harley, the red one. And, and of course, it doesn't start. <laughs> Right, it doesn't start. It's not, it's not an ominous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Harley. It's a Harley. It's, it's not supposed to start. <laughs> and the guy said, "Hey, listen, you, your, your credit is shit, but what we could do is we, you could put some money down and you could do like a layaway program." Got you. So this was like in the summer, and he said, "All you gotta do is come in and put like a hundred dollars a month." Right, right, right. And I'm like, I, I can swing I, that. You can do that. So I'm thinking, okay, the bike is four grand. Let me try and do like a hundred bucks a week, mm -hmm. which was impossible. So I was like, fuck it. I got to do a hundred dollars uh, a month. Right. So then the photography picked up and then I got, and then I got some money and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a hundred dollars a month, hundred dollars a month, boom, 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 boom. By that time now, I passed the, um, your license. I passed my license. Mm. You came back around. It was, it was a day like today. It was freezing cold. And you had the 848, and I took the 848 for a ride. The oh, first yeah, bike yeah, I yeah, rode yeah. after yeah. my exam was the 848 in, the in, cold. in fucking mesh gloves. <laughs> <laughs> my hands were like freezing. And I was thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the suck on the highway. <laughs> Hells no, you ain't taking that on the highway. As I'm going down River Street, my hands is freezing. I'm like, this is too much bike. Right. This is it. 848 is too much bike. And I know a lot of you big time bikers that listen to this podcast is going to say, my first bike was a 1200 Hayabusa with no helmet. Don't be a pussy. 1400, but you're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I should know this shit. It's not like I didn't work in the motorcycle industry for five years. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we just started. <laughs> so. I'm like, I couldn't do this. And so as spring started to come around, I went and I picked up the bike. Right. Boom. Boom. Eight, 8883, rode it from Foxborough to the crib. And that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever done. Okay. Well, it's not that bad. I should have started with a 250. <laughs> I'm not, I would never, if I'm going to do this again, I will go moped first. <laughs> 250. <laughs> what is it? The pooch or whatever, the yeah, punch or yeah, whatever that, that was. The pedal, yeah, the pedal the, moped. The penny moped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and they work your way up the scooter yeah, line. Work, yeah, work my way up the scooter line. And um, so I finally get the Harley. Uh huh. Then by that time now, I'm doing bike interviews. Yeah, yeah, yep. So me and you, we rode out the, the, the next weekend. I only had my bike for no that weekend we rode out to Fall River. Right, you was on the eleven nine the the, the eleven nine eight eleven nine eight. Hey, and I, I'm on the eight eight three. Um, uh, Harley. Harley Sportster. Like, at least listen, there's two twins running down the road, yeah, right? The two twins. <laughs> <laughs> but remember how loud it was. We went to the gas station. You're like, yo, can you turn that shit off? I can't hear myself think. Yeah, that yeah, shit was so loud. Yeah, yeah. And we rode out to um, Chopperhead. Chopperhead, yeah. We rode out to Chopperhead, and then Chopperhead looked at my bike, and he's like, "Yo, your fork seals, your fork, your fork seals are leaking." <laughs> so I go, "What does that mean?" He goes, "What that mean is that the liquid that's coming out the fork seal is getting onto the disc. So not, when you hit the brakes, not good. It doesn't stop. So I'm all like." 
That's the reason why the bike didn't stop. I just thought Harley's didn't stop. <laughs> I didn't know there was there was a problem. There, I didn't know there was fucking um, suspension liquid, forks liquid, and, and and that's the biggest thing getting into this. In, oh, in most industries, uh, what we don't know, right? But the motorcycle industry is, it, you know, obviously you're putting your life on the line when you don't know these things about the bikes. I mean, you know, we were green, just kind of like, oh, we're getting bikes, we got bikes, let's go ride them. And, you know, but, you know, you talk about chopper head, like, you know, between getting the bike and getting the gear and all that, you know, you obviously you lean towards the Harley Harley and, and, and how did you connect with chopper head and how did you navigate that 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 area? Because, you know, I I end up going the sport bike route, the right. racing route, you know, and, and you went the other route and I've been trying to get you to go to the track and you still haven't showed up at the track yet but you know we'll, we'll get to that part now <laughs> so like you know what what made you decide to like you know try to fix see who these people are in the industry so at this point i was a completely harley head i was watching iron elite and i was just cruising the internet at that point looking for guys to chop the bike up right right because Harley, what a lot of people don't understand, why I love Harley Davidson so much is because, A, it was the first company that allowed a black person to sell their, open up a dealership. No, so, so. We're so, talking so. 1903, 05, 1910. They were messing with the black community. So not to be racist or anything, but just to say what it is. All the things that you love about a Harley Davidson was done in the hood. Right, right. All the gang life and all of the nonsense and all the bar fights that come that with that, that was done through certain motorcycle groups, the, the motorcycle gangs. Got you. So and, the, and you're saying they're mostly blacks? The, the gang stuff was the white guys. Okay, got you. The chop, the rims, the powder coat, all yep. of that nonsense was done by the black dudes. <laughs> so the gangs were nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so... The so I was just doing my research and doing Harley Davidson and just looking at Harley and and figuring out like oh I could really rock with this company because a they're the only company that did the Iron Elite which is just they just focus on black bike crews which is pretty dope which is pretty dope they had a black woman racer yep back in the day they had to taper titties down right you ever see Top Gear they had the Stig <laughs> yeah. they had this black woman right they would taper titties down. And she wasn't allowed to remove her helmet. Oh, wow. Okay. Because Harley Davidson was like, yo, if they find out that you're, you're black. A, and you're a woman. And you're a woman. She was beating these dudes on the track. She was murdering these dudes. And nobody knew that she was a woman or a black woman. Imagine. Think about this, folks. Back in the day, a black woman beating your white ass on a motorcycle. And it was a Harley. Right, right. Not a good look. Not a good look. So Harley Davidson hid this woman for a long time. They tapered titties down, cut her hair off, and she always had her helmet on at the, at the, the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> like, when are you going to take off your helmet? They're like, oh, she has like, you know, she's like, paran he's paranoid of blah, 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 blah. So nobody never knew. So all of this culture, I was like, okay. So I did my, in I did my, my research, and I'm all like, I found Chopperhead. Right. And then I just loved that culture. And I mixed, and then while I was doing the Harley Davidson research, I started watching Sons of Anarchy. And, so, and Sons of Anarchy became like, I know it's, I, I know we're getting there. We're getting there. Right, right. But Sons of Anarchy was like, the intro, intro. My intro to like, oh, okay, I kind of like this lifestyle. I know it was a movie, but I like it. And I really wanted to be a part of that. Harley Davidson, boom, 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 right? You went in, you jumped in. I jumped in. So, it's a funny story. Went out, interviewed Chopperhead, and just started going into all these bike parties. And I just wanted, I just started digging. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the bike world came crashing down on me. So, me. <laughs> 2015 we're talking about Rossi and Divisioso and yeah. Mar Marquez <laughs> and all, this, all this shit's going on and now I'm working at the so, okay so now my fork seals is leaking right mm. so I go to her so I go to mom south I'm like yo my, my fork seals is leaking and they're like yeah we're gonna fix it they had my bike for like three months 
didn't fix my fork seal. Summertime is the worst time to have your bike not working. So now I'm thinking, now it's like Father's Day, and I'm going up there, and I'm all like, yo, the, I just bought this bike from you. This fork seal leaking. And my boy Chophead was like, yo, if this takes longer than 10 seconds to do, they're playing you. So I, I put my black face on, man. <laughs> you can take it off? Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Sometimes you can take it off. I went up to the dealership like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? Fix my shit. Right. And now I'm like, yeah, like you motherfuckers, you, you, you're dissing me. <laughs> so as I'm walking out mom south, there's this white kid fast asleep at the photo booth. Okay. Fast asleep, snoring, feet up. I'm like, God damn, that's white privilege. And I said to the to Junior, I'm like, yo, when you guys fire this dude, right. could you hire me? Uh-huh. He says, what do you do? I do photography. He said, give me a resume. Ran home, dropped off the resume. Right. Called them every day for a month. We, guess what came first? They hired me before they fixed the fork seals. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that. <laughs> so I got hired. Right, so I got hired, uh-huh. and now it's like, oh, wow, this is great. So now I'm working in the motorcycle dealership. I'm doing photography, videography, and Junior. Uh-huh. Junior was the one that really like pushed me like, yo, we want, our, we want this dealership to be like this. We need you to get video equipment and start to help us promote the brand. So now I'm like... As things come crashing As down. As things come crashing down. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, wow. So now now this thing's beginning to pick up. Right. I'm riding. I'm interviewing bike crews on the side. I'm working at the biggest motorcycle dealership in the country. Uh-huh. And now on the East Coast. And now, like, things are just popping, popping, popping. And I just started to, I went to, um... There's a dude named Larry in New York. I should know this stuff. I'm, I'm so sorry. Larry something. He died. He used to ride. He used to do the crucifix on the bike. He died. Yeah, I think I, there's a documentary <sighs> on him. What's his actually. name? Larry. Yeah, look him up. Larry something. Larry. He he does custom bikes. So I went to his show in New York. Then I went to the um. Then I went to the um the the Brooklyn Invitational. Which is super dope, which is just like Elaine. What's his name? Put Larry New York, Rat Fink Larry. Um, yes, I went to the Brooklyn Inf Invitational, which was like a row of custom bike built. Indian Larry. There we go. Right, Indian Larry. Yes, yes I went to the Indian Larry. He has a street party. I went to that street party. Then that same day, there's a Brooklyn Invitational. And, I, and then I just started to become consumed with. The custom bikes. And then I started to find out that, mm -hmm. oh, shit, Chopperhead, my boy Jay, he's more of a Triumph guy than a Harley guy. And that's when I started to figure out, like, oh, people do all type of custom bikes. They do custom Hondas, Suzukis. And then that, and that's when it just, I, I became all in. I was, I was completely completely engulfed by the thing so now what else is there left to do in the bike industry so much so one night right uh-huh my next door neighbor whose father taught my sister he has a little daughter and then i go hey you want to come to work with me she said yeah because she had a little 300 ninja and we just started riding together. Yep. So we rode to my job at Emerald Lounge. I was taking photography. We were just kicking it. And um, end of the night, after I'm done, collect my pay. As we're coming out the garage, she wipes out. Wow. She wipes out, crashes her bike. We get on the bike. We get it started again. I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through the tunnel. Because everybody likes to go through that tunnel. She didn't really know how to ride. Right, right. But, you I know, remember this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the crazy thing. Like, motorcycle dudes always want to bring beginner dudes on some crazy shit. Let's go through the tunnel. How else are you going to learn how to ride? <laughs> how else are you going to learn how to ride? <laughs> so we go through the tunnel. And I lived in Somerville. But she lived down the corner from my mom's. So we go through the tunnel. And I said... We get off and we go to the gas station, fill up the bikes, because I'm going to escort her back home, right. then ride back to Somerville. Right. So I get to do the tunnel 
Three but. times. Yeah. <laughs> I get to go through it, back, and then back through it to go home. So I'm thinking, this is great. We get to the gas station, her bike won't start. So then I get on the phone. And then I'm calling Harley Davidson Progressive, and they're all like, yeah, we could come and help you. So right. Harley, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's like a black... And, and we're trying to figure out, we can't get the bike, call them the tow truck, and then a Toyota Camry pulls up. And the dude jumps out of it, and he says to me, are you niggas good? <laughs> and I'm looking at this fucking gorilla. <laughs> and I'm like... I got to make sure that I bring back this dude's daughter in one piece. Right, right. <laughs> now, you say this black dude? No, nah, he's a Dominican. Okay. No, I didn't know what he was. Okay. <laughs> I, he, he just looked like a gorilla. <laughs> so I'm thinking I can, I have two options because he came off real aggressive. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking I got to get him on the first shot. If I don't get him on the first one, this shit is over. <laughs> I gotta get him. You're right, right. So then, like, I'm because I used to train UFC, so I'm, I'm, I'm like sizing them up, and I'm thinking, do I do a, a tie kick? Do I lead with an elbow? Do I try and grapple him? Do I shoot the gap and pick him up? Yeah, right. This is all going through my head. Like, how am I gonna get rid of this gorilla? Because this motherfucker is big. Right, 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 right. And while I'm going through my mind, how am I going to, I'm looking at a trash can. Do I run and get the trash can and break it over his head? Like, do I punch him? Do I kick him in the nuts? Do I like shoot the gap? Hmm. He looked like I could put him in an arm bar. Can I get him in a rear naked choke? So I'm going through all my ways how to destroy this dude. And he says to me again, nigga, are you good? But I don't hear him because right, right. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to kill him. So I'm going through my mind how I'm trying to kill this dude. <laughs> He starts screaming at me, nigga, are you good? Right. And that's when I woke up out of my fantasy world. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. I ain't good. I ain't good. I've been thinking how I'm going to kill you, Sorry. but I haven't come up with the reason. I haven't come up with, but I haven't come up with the way to kill you yet. Yeah, yeah. So he goes, what the fuck is going on? I'm all like, at that point now, I'm like, sir, could you fucking help us? Because okay. I ran out of options in my mind to kill you. <laughs> And he says again, niggas, what the fuck is going on? I said, then I'm all like, sir, we can't get her bike to start. Right, right. He goes, you know how to pop the clutch? I'm yeah. all like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, have you ever drove standard shift? I go, yes. He goes, it's the same fucking process, nigga. <laughs> I'm like, why is this dude so aggressive? Like, what the fuck? It's like two in the morning. It's like two in the morning. <laughs> At this time, it's like three in the morning, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like, what the fuck oh, is yeah. your problem? He goes, put the put the bike in second gear. You know how to put the bike in second gear, nigga? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I put the bike in second gear. This motherfucker grabs me by the shirt and just pushes me, yeah. and the bike rolls, yeah. popping in second, bike starts. I ring it back to her, pop, put it in neutral, bike is running, and he's all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're good. Now you can get home safe. Right, right, right. And he goes, do you know who I am? I said, no, you're a fucking eight foot, 500 pound <laughs> fucking Dominican ugly motherfucker. <laughs> he goes, I'm an outlaw. Uh, oh, okay. I go. What? An outlaw. And I go, this is my ignorance to the motorcycle industry. Right. I go, like the guys on. Um, what's the TV show? Sons. I go, like Sons the guys on Son Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> this motherfucker got pissed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this shit ain't no show. <laughs> He's like, this shit, like, yeah, like this shit is real life, motherfucker. We get this shit all day, motherfucker. We bang, bang out here, motherfucker. He opens up his trunk and there's a cut. And it's an outcast cut. Uh-huh. And I'm all like. <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> What's that? What the fuck is that? And he goes, you heard about the Hells Angels? And I said, yeah, everybody heard about the Hells Angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes, yeah, well, I guess a white dude and a black dude went to the war. White dude comes back, start the Hells Angels. Black dude was like, yo, can I join the Hells Angels? He's all like, no. Black dude started Outcast. So Hells Angels and Outcast from their documentary, from the Outcast documentary, they're the two oldest black 1% bike gangs in the world. Wow. Dropping knowledge, man. So I'm all like, okay. He goes, you got to come by the clubhouse. 
You're like, okay. Oh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I used to work at Emerald Lounge as a photographer, and my mentor was this pimp. And he used to sit. Do you want to go there? Mentor, <laughs> pimp. But, <laughs> Why not? All right, so, let's go there. Listen, everybody needs a pimp as a mentor. <laughs> so if he, not, you're working for that motherfucker. Yeah. So he used to he used to sit in this chair, and like he he was he he was like an old school like pimp. Like, right, right, right. From like no, the, I don't know what it. Like like um, from the '60s, the whole getup, the hat, the jewelry, the shoes, the suit, the pocket square. The fucking cufflinks, the whole shit. Nothing's changed. Nothing changed. Like this, it looked like they took this dude out of the seventies and dropped him in two thousand. And he just he used to just sit and just watch the ladies dance. And he would buy alcohol, sip mm. his champagne, and he wasn't. He didn't run and try and talk to girls or everything. He would just sit there, and every woman would just come to him. Wow! Like he was like a gigant, a gigantic peacock in that motherfucker, peacocking, just chilling, and. I used to take this picture and became good friends with him and he used to give me cigars. Right. Because he had these dope-ass cigars. And the next time I come on, we'll talk about the cigars I've smoking for okay. some crazy places. But we're trying to keep this show under, under 10 hours. Under 10 hours and, <laughs> and five not, minutes. <laughs> not all the other things you've done, Bobby yeah. Shakes. <laughs> so he gives me a cigar. I said, you know what? I'm going to take these cigars to the, to the clubhouse. Right. So I go out to the clubhouse. And I walk up to my man, and I'm all like, yo. Gorilla. The gorilla. At this point now, we've talked every single day. We've become really close friends. And then I finally said, all right, let me go out to the clubhouse. It's crazy how that, friend, that friendship happened in 30 seconds, right? right? I met him one night, and then like by Friday, we're best friends. Because from like the Wednesday night to the Friday, I go to Saturday morning, I go to the club. We talking for 30 hours on the phone. <laughs> it's like a recruitment video. Motherfucker trying to recruit me to come in this shit. <laughs> Because that's how they get you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come by the clubhouse. Come, come by. <laughs> so I go by the clubhouse. I bring him some cigarettes and some cigars to say thank you very much for what you did for us. Now I'm in the clubhouse, and I'm seeing, and I'm looking around, and I'm all like, holy shit. Am I in the scene of the Sons of Anarchy? Felt like it, huh? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> what? I like this. <laughs> you, you, you were you were a prospect. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit! I like this. So that became my spot, uh -huh. and I would just bring him cigars. We'd be outside smoking the cigars. Right, right. I never noticed. Every time a cop drove by, he would turn his back, but I didn't know. Oh, okay. So I'm there with my fucking fat ass, monkey ass smoking, and the cops look at me taking my picture like an asshole. Every time the cops drove by, these dudes turned their back. Because at this point, I really didn't know what, what, what was, was going, going on. All right, you're green. I'm green as fuck. I just, this is fun. And about a month later, I go by, I go back to the clubhouse, I go, and you don't want to sound like a bitch. But never, I'm all like, never. Never. <laughs> but I'm all like, yo, what the fuck is going on, man? Every time the cops drive by, and the cops are just driving by, driving by, driving by. And I'm like, yo, why you turn your back to the police like that? He goes, oh, you didn't, I didn't tell you? I go, no. He goes, I'm the president of this chapter. Oh, wow. Okay. I go, excuse me? You the boss? <laughs> he was the president of the fucking chapter. Wow. And he stopped to help you. He stopped to help me. So now I go back to the pimp in the club. I go, I'm going to the clubhouse again. I need some, I need some banging cigars. So he gives me a long cigar and then a dessert cigar, which is shorter. Right. So then I go to the clubhouse one Saturday night because after the club is two, but the clubhouse is still jumping. Go to the clubhouse and I'm all like, and we outside. And I go, what are you? Are you a gangster or a ladies man? He goes, hmm, I'm a ladies man. So, he, so I give him the, the dessert cigar. All right. And I said, fuck that. I'm the ladies man. You're the gangster. Take the fucking long ass cigar. So we're just smoking cigars. And our friendship just fucking gelled from there. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to all these bike clubs, and I'm just watching like a fly on the wall, like the patchovers and everything else. And then he leaves. He leaves the club. Right. What do you mean, retired or? He, like, he quit. Because oh, we would be having these deep conversations. I'm like, yo, dog, like, you're bigger than this lifestyle. 
So you convinced the man to quit? I don't know if I convinced him to quit, but it's like he just said, fuck it, I'm out. Okay. So I said, boom, he quit. And then it it became really cool because then we would hang out. We could actually hang out, go to cookouts in his backyard. And then he started posting his face on Facebook. And then he starts to like to come alive. And then he disappears. Because I gotta say that, that that is a different life when you're when you're when you're, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, in, in a black market, I guess, and 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 dibbling, dabbling in in, in in wrongness, right? Yeah, like it's it's it, it was a it was a fascinating time. It, it was like it was really cool. And then and then people at the dealership, because I remember I just started in the motorcycle game, and this is like six months later. I'm like a fucking sergeant of arms for a club. And the whole time I'm trying to get you to come racing. Yeah, you're trying to get me get it. I ain't gonna like, fucking racing. No fucks no. He's like, I'm 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 learning how to put guns together. <laughs> <laughs> racing on motorcycle. And and then I'm at the motorcycle shop, and then one of the dudes at the motorcycle shop was an ex-Hells Angels prospect. Okay. And he goes, I'm going to teach you how to ride. Because people started to watch me from the far, like, hmm, this dude used to be really nerdy Mm -hmm. and really green. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, he's like... Half helmets. Half helmets. And like plaid shirts, plaid shirts buttoned up, and it's like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? This dude has completely Glass. biker glasses, biker though. glasses, and like everything starts to change. So one of the dudes came up to me, he's all like, "What's good?" And I'm like, "Oh, what's good?" He goes, "I'm gonna teach you how to ride because I know that you're you're different. Mm. You became different. So I'm gonna teach you how to ride." So I'm like, "What does that mean?" He goes, "I'm gonna teach you how to ride." So he grabs like. Me and like four other guys from the shop, and we're riding two by two by two. So basically, we're riding like how we're talking right now, but we're two inches, two inches between each other. Right. Two inches off the front tire. I know front. none of this life, but yeah, I'm okay. You. So two by two. So we're riding like this, right? I'm two. I'm two inches, two feet off the the back tire in front of me, mm-hmm. and the dude behind me is two feet off of my back tire, and then me and you are two by two, and it's two by two, and we rode it. And I was scared as fuck because we're in one lane. <laughs> so when you're coming into a dip, yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Because right, you gotta right. stay in one lane. Right, right. And so you gotta, you, you, so you, and this puts a lot of trust on the people around you, right? right? Because y'all, y'all are all riding as one. All riding as one. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I break formation. <laughs> And, I, and I, I'm like, this is crazy. We go into a bend. There's only two of us. I'm like, how are we both going to make this bend? This yeah, shit's right. crazy. Yeah. So I break protocol. I drift out of the fucking lane. He reaches out, grabs my fucking handlebars, and pulls me back to him. Oh, no shit. I'm like, oh, shit. I like this lifestyle. <laughs> 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 It, it it is a, it is a you know I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage any women when I say this but it's a brotherhood or, or sisterhood uh, it's a humanhood I mean the motorcycle community whether you're racing or in your case you know on the 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 breaking the, on, the, on the outskirts of breaking the law I'm just kidding yeah um, you know if you're on a bike and other bikers see you um, they stop for you. And and, right. and and you know and, and I've said this on other episodes. If I was in a car, I don't care if the most expensive car, no one's stopping for me if I'm on the side of the road. Nobody. But if I'm if I'm on a two fifty or one fifty, somebody's stopping. Another biker is stopping and making sure you're good. And and that's a beautiful thing. And and you know to to hear that on that side, you know as well. It, it's just across the board. You know if you're on two wheels, um, regardless, I think for the color of your skin, you know people look out for you. Yeah, and and then it it it's it's wild. So then we go on a ride. Mm-hmm. I can't say who, what, where, when, or who, but we on the highway. I know we like fifty deep, but I never joined any crew. Right. So at this time now, my boy has left the the crew, and he's like he's out, and I'm riding with these dudes. So we riding two by two by two by two by two down the highway, eighty miles an hour. And you could see the traffic in front of us just shelling off into the middle lane. Mm. Because when you got that many Harleys together, it's like 
it, trailer truck it's, or two. It, it's vibrating the ground right right so you in your little car you're oh, like yeah, 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 and yeah. you looking you looking in the rear view mirror and you see a whole bunch of angry motherfuckers with their face screwed up like fuck you fuck the law I hate my mom and my dad you getting the fuck out of the lane <laughs> So you're just watching the traffic shell off into the middle lane, and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I kind of like this lifestyle. I look in my rearview mirror. Remember, now, you got to remove one of your mirrors, right? Okay. Yeah. I, why? Yeah. Is there a reason behind it? Yeah, I, don't, I, I think I removed my left one. I only had one mirror I, on my I, bike. I noticed that. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to... You, you, you're you're oh, living on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Only, only, on edge. only goofy guys have two mirrors on their motorcycle. You got to remove one. So I remove one, right? So I'm riding, and I look in my mirror... And I see Massachusetts State Police light us up. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. I think I felt a little drop of pee or poop <laughs> in my underwear. Because now we talking RICO charge, right? This is organized crime. This ain't no fucking, right? And I'm like, I'm looking around. And I'm like, and I'm, like I'm the only nigga in this pack. I'm documenting. Doc, I'm docking all this. I'm, I'm just filming all this. The cop comes up, passes me, goes to the front of the pack, lights up, and gives a fucking escort. No doubt. No shit. As we get through the bend, the cop then shells off into the middle lane, and he just cruises back. And as we're riding, everybody just gives the cop the nod. Okay, then that's what's up. And I'm like, holy shit. It's a different life. That's fucking respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because no. the cop knows I ain't fucking with 50 of these dudes. But he, he also might live that life. He too. might live that lifestyle too. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it was like, it's the only time I've ever been with a gang of misfits <laughs> where the cops were like, yo, yo. That's what's up. And, and then I'm all like, yo, cool. But I never joined because everybody that I knew that I rode with knew who I was. Right. And I think that's why they respected me. I'm a photographer. I'm a, that's all I am. I love the lifestyle. Dance all document. That, yeah. Tour. Yeah. All that. I just do reggae. I, I, I'll ride with you. If I'm out with you and we got a bang, I'll bang. But you ain't calling me past nine o'clock <laughs> talking about we got to go bury somebody. Nah. That, no. That that's not me. That's not my lifestyle. That's not who I am. That's not who I want to be. Right. But it's like I didn't, I never showed up to be a prospect. Or right. I never showed up to wanted to join because I never became a prospect. I never even thought about joining. But it's like all these, all these dudes just like gravitated to me. Now, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Okay. So now I'm an expert. On all the one percent crews, and and I just know them. When I'm when I'm riding around now, I know what neighborhoods to go into, what neighborhoods not to go into. When when I see a crew, I know who who they're the, who they're affiliated with, who they're not, whether they're black, whether they're white, it don't matter. So mm. now I'm like I'm like the motorcycle fucking connoisseur. Got you are. So we at Mom South, and this white boy come in with with lightning bolts all over his face. Mama got to love that. <laughs> and I walk up to him. And he's talking to the sales manager. And I said to him, I go, I know what, who the fuck you are. And he's looking at me like, okay. And the sales manager's like, yo, man, don't, don't, he, he, he just likes to fuck with people at the dealership. <laughs> That's all he is. <clears throat> don't worry about him. We, we're, trying, we're trying to train this dude how to sell motorcycles. Because mm. every white dude that came to the dealership, I always used to run to him and say, You look like a Trump supporter, you motherfucker, and I'm going to beat your ass after work. That's how I used to, <laughs> I used to shake him down. <laughs> and they were like, The white boys are like, Yo, what the fuck is this dude's problem? Like, I'm just working here. Like, right, 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 right. I don't even like Donald Trump, but why do you assume I like Trump because I'm white? So they just thought I was a weirdo. You're a weirdo. Shakes. I am a weirdo. But what? then. <laughs> The managers would say, don't mind him. I think that she said in the orientation, there's no. a black dude in the back. He's going to come up with you with some racist bullshit. Try your best not to knock him out. Just ignore him. We like him. We like him. <laughs> so this dude got the lightning. But it's a hot day. So so the, his his makeup is fading. Because he make up his face to hide the fucking the tattoos. Yeah. So I see the lightning bolts all over his face. I'm like, all right, cool. So I walk up to him again in the because we they used to buy lunch for us and we were in the um 
And he works there. He works there okay, now. Yeah. And um, it's the um, the shop, the service area, the yeah. service bay that ordered pizza in the service area. So I walk in, I go up to him, and I said out loud, I go, I treat this fucking cafeteria, the service bay, like it's general population. And if any of you white boys is in my pocket, you in my fucking pocket. But they're all laughing. <laughs> Because they know the routine. Yo, here comes Shakes with his bullshit at lunch. So they just knew that I was just a dickhead. But this one dude was kind of nervous because he's got, he started his sweats. He got the lightning bolts. And then he would, you, I would see him. I would watch him. He'd run back in the bathroom, come back out, face lit up again. Yeah. Nice and smooth. New yeah. makeup on the face. So I go to him. I go, yo, you're in my fucking pocket. And he's like... Listen, man, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, motherfucker, you know what I'm talking about. I'm in your pocket. <laughs> so in the sales manager, because now I'm in his face, right? I'm in his face. And the sales manager come up to me. He's like, yo. Leave him alone, Shakes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he never spoke to me like that. But at this point now, they see that it's he's, becoming. He's, a, he's uncomfortable. Yeah, he's uncomfortable. And it's like you're bullying somebody at work. So. Shakes. <laughs> So, all right, boom, boom, boom. So now the shop's closing. I'm, I'm down in my booth. Because remember, I had the booth in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back of the shop, and I'm doing my pictures. Homie comes up to me. And he goes, man, listen, man. I don't want any problems here. Can I share something with you and you never tell anyone? I said, yeah. I go, I know what you about. He pulls out his federal inmate card. Oh, no kidding. He was locked up in, in Baltimore. Gotcha. And he said, yes, I am a white supremacist. But I'm trying my, I, he goes, you know what it is. I said, I know what it is. I know what it is. You have to join the white supremacist because you locked up with a whole bunch of black dudes and you want to come out. So you got to do you what gotta, you, you yeah. got affiliation, right? And um, he goes, listen, man, I'm out now. I did my time. I think did like fucking mad years. I, I you know what I'm saying? I can't imagine that life. Yeah. I don't even want to. And, um... <laughs> what is crazy and he goes yo man I'm trying to keep this job raise my family I don't want no bullshit from you please mm. so I said to him I go I know who you are and I won't say the crew but I said I know what crew you from and he's all like okay I go I know who you are and I said I'm going to make a call to the head dude of that club to see if you really official. Mm. He's looking at me like, how the hell is this black dude going to call a white supremacist and check <laughs> me who the fuck I am? <laughs> I call uh, the head fucking motherfucker for the club mm. and I'm all like, yo, what's up with this dude? He goes, where is he at? I go, he's here. He's all like, he's all like, what is he saying? I said, he says he's such and such. He goes, oh, yeah, he's a jailhouse dude. He became he joined the club through the jailhouse. He's done some work for us. He's good. Got you. So Sunday, right? <laughs> I see him. And he's wiping the bikes down because all the new employees got to wipe the bikes down and shit because we got to bring them up to the front. Doesn't sound fun. Right. And I walk by him. And jokingly he says to me, yo, Shades, did you able, were you able to make that call? <laughs> I said, absolutely, I did. You're good. And I walked away and I left it like that. He, up until this day, if he hears this podcast, he's going to say, this dude's a motherfucker. <laughs> he doesn't know that I actually made the call. Right, right. And it's, I just really love, I really love that 1% lifestyle, like just being around it. And I like when we go for a ride. I watch you guys on the sports bikes, mm. and it just looks like utter confusion. You got one dude doing a wheelie over here. You got one dude over there riding on his front tire. You got the dude in front doing a burnout. You got this dude out here weaving in and wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. It that, just no, looks no, like no, chaos. No, 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 no. Shake, 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 shake. The motorcycle community is a pie. <laughs> I'm not in that pie. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not in that slice of the pie. Okay. The the you know we might do burnouts uh, at the end of races. We might do wheelies because we're racing, so it's a power wheelie. Um, but that's a that's a stunt crew. That's a whole different crew, and and we gotta reach out to those people. That's the crazy part about the this whole motorcycle yeah. thing because we've known each other for a long time, 
as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, we talked about getting to this motorcycle thing. We got into the motorcycle thing, and I'm racing, and you're hanging out with gangsters <laughs> and custom bikes and, you know, monkey bars. Oh, and, yeah, the eggs, baby. Screw, screw, <laughs> screw facing it down the, down the highway. And, 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 and that's the crazy thing about this um, – this expression, right? Because right. We're, we're, we're we're expressing ourselves, um, and, and and how we, you know, we all have a love of motorcycles for whatever reason. We we just love it, and and we all express it differently. I'm we're not part of that stunt stunt crew, but you know, there's an appreciation there because I think them people they they mess themselves up a lot. <laughs> I mean, racing bikes, you you fall, right? But you know. All those stunts, you're falling a, a thousand times before you, you get it right. I mean, some of y'all might be lucky, but we're going to get those people on. But, you know, there, there's, 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 there's so many different communities right. uh, in, in the motorcycle community. It's a little subsection, I guess, for, for lack of a better word. Um, and that's the part that's crazy. And, and we still, in 2023, still trying to get you to the racetrack, get you on a 300 or 400 and do some laps. And, and it, it is chaos. We, you know, we all, got our own, we all got our own lines. We tend to all have our own lines. And we, and we tend to, once we're on a racetrack, we, you know, we tend to try to beat the person next to us or behind us or wherever. Right. But when we're done, it's all love. I mean, that's the end of the day. Like, like, like it, every right. community, and it's, when we're all done, it's all love. There's a mutual respect. Um, and, and, you know, it's simple to say we're putting our lives on the lines, but I think we are living our lives. I don't think we're putting Absolutely. it on the line. No. We're, we're, we are living, and, 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 and when we get on these two wheels, um, if you haven't been on one, you wouldn't understand. It's, let me tell you something. I don't know if they still do it, but every Tuesday night, on Newberry Street, at the top of Newberry Street, cruisers, sports bikes, um, all type of bikes, cafe races, we all get together and we just ride. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful culture. And it's something that everybody has to do. And you don't, and you don't have to go to an extreme. No. I truly believe, after working in the motorcycle industry for five years, I think every single person, if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy a bike, a sports bike, I 100% you got to do a track date. Because this thing, this isn't, this is not a hobby. This is a skill set. And you you taught me that. Right. Riding a bike is a skill set. It has nothing to do with anything else besides your skill set. And working at the motorcycle shop, because when you come out and you go in the back, there's like a windy trail road. Like the, it's, it's through the woods, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like a community. Mm-hmm. And that's where we do like the motorcycle um, training um, and such. Demo days. Yep. So I was the, I, I went from not riding at all to becoming the fucking, I was the head demo guy. I used to lead the demo rides. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I worked at the motorcycle shop, like Yamaha would come through, Indian would come through, Victor would come through, and I would be the dude on the front. Because of my experience riding two by two with a lot of the crews, Right, you were comfortable. My skill set just jumped through the roof. And I rode a bike every single day in Massachusetts. I rode a bike every single day for five years. Yeah. Because I had to move the bikes in the dealership. So you're always on a bike. And I've ridden there isn't the only bike I haven't ridden is the um is the expensive sport bike. What are they called? Ducatis. Not Ducatis. <laughs> I rode all yours. Um Aprilia. Not Aprilia, the other one. I don't know the other one. The other expensive Italian BMW? No, the other atten- expensive Italian company. Oh, uh, MV Augusta. MV Augusta. Yeah, Never yeah, ridden yeah. one of those. No, yeah. I've ridden every single. I've ridden. There's not because at Mom's they have every single bike in the warehouse. Pretty much. I've ridden every brand dirt bike that they make besides MV Augusta because nobody trades an MV Augusta. No. MV Augusta. <laughs> MV Augusta is something you buy and you put it on your shelf. <laughs> And it, it it's just it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful thing, man. And 
it was great. It was it was it was really cool to um to get into that industry right. and and we got to go for a ride because I was going to sell my bike. I know. I'm glad you didn't. Um, I, I I remember you, you know you had a you had a couple of years where you were because you you have moved on from the 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 Harley and went to an Indian so now you're running an Indian. Yeah, I got a victory highball. You know, and 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 running, we definitely got to go for a ride, uh, and get you to the track. So that's two things got to happen. I, and I, I got plenty of race bikes now, so we we just gotta get you a suit. My problem is. <laughs> My problem is my knees, man. I got arthritis in my knees. When my knees go so high, I'll be like, God damn. Well, you know, we'll figure something out. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it is crazy. And just working at the shop, and you just watch these guys come in. Mm. You could tell. You could tell. You could tell a dude that does a track date and a dude that doesn't. Yeah. When they pull into the dealership, you can see the difference. You could see the difference. Even how people like you could tell you could tell a club dude from a non-club dude. Right. A club dude when they come into the dealership, usually they don't have the cut off because you don't want to put your cut on. <laughs> and they always back their bike in. Right. Because if something goes off, they want to be able to go out forward. Non-club dudes drive their bike in. <laughs> club dudes back it in. Right, right. I've seen people come, and you might have well. You see people pull in, and they forget to put the kickstand. Yeah, out. <laughs> and just hop off the bike. <laughs> dudes, dudes, dudes that do track days, you can hear them decelerating the bike as it comes into the parking lot. Yeah, four, five, six, not four, five, six, five, five four, <laughs> three, two, neutral, coasting. Kickstand out, <laughs> drop the bike, come off. Fonzarelli right? all day long. <laughs> and then the other dudes that don't do track dates, neutral, turn the bike off. Yeah. yeah and, right. and 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 I just think that you you it, it was and, really... and then after they put the bike down, they check the bike to make sure it's stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right. Now. Like, motherfucker, you don't know how to put your kickstand down? It's crazy. But it, it it's 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 all love. It's, it's all, all love. love, man. It's all love and you have to, you have to, have to try riding a bike. You do. I, everybody at least. And there's plenty of safe environments to ride a bike. Right. Um, as we say, the track and, and, you know, not on the road. So if you're one of those folks that are a little afraid, we're all afraid. I was all afraid. afraid. I was we're all afraid. afraid. We're all afraid. You know, um, and, you know, all those folks that are afraid, like, you know, there's safe environments for you to go and go try it because you at least got to try it once. And for most people, I think they'll love it. Yeah, I think it's been the five years has been amazing. And now I was like, uh, I'm not really into it. I'm into real estate photography now, so I don't really do anything with the bike world. And the other day, not the other day, like a couple months ago over the summer, I took my bike out for a ride. Mm. And... I was terrified because I haven't kept my skill set up. It was like four years. I went from riding every single day right. to four years going by and then me riding. Yeah, and it's a, and it's a different feel because a different all of, feel. everything is new all again. And it's like, oh, my God, like the world is, the, the trees are flying by and, and all of this stuff. And I didn't check the, I didn't check tire the weather. Tire pressure, the weather. Tire pressure, weather. And I brought my, my dark glasses out. And, you know, when you, when you ride every day, you're like, okay, I'm going to be out for five, six, seven, eight hours. Mm -hmm. I know it's going to get dark, so I'm going to bring my clear glasses. Or if I'm going to be out that late, I'm going to bring my dark glasses and, and pop out the lenses. Right. Me with my dumb ass, I brought my dark glasses out. And I ended up in Rhode Island like at nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, I can't see shit. I can't see nothing. And it's like these things. That's that was like a part of you, like just you just remember them. Just remember muscle it. memory. You got to learn all over. So you, the the key to that shakes is you got to keep riding. Got to keep riding. So you now put at least five thousand miles on your bike every year. You have to at least none of this two hundred miles, a thousand miles business. Yeah. At least five thousand. And and it's funny, right? Now that I'm a dr I'm driving and I be looking, I be looking at the dudes and you tell that their bike is old. Mm. But like, oh yeah, he's just a summer dude. Oh yeah, you can tell by April May. 
By I'm, April, May, you know who's just a summer dude because they shaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. And and by September. The, the bike's up. That's the one thing I was always amazed about. Like when September comes, the amount of people that come off the like, there's like you go outside and it's just like, you know, just timberweeds and, right. and and you on your bike and you're like, where's everybody else at? It's not even that cold out. And what you don't which understand. Is, which is fine. Which but, is fine. But you, know. but you gotta understand. September, October, November. It's really good riding weather. It, a, we don't want to turn this into a science project, but we all know it's a lot easier to compress cold air than hot air. Mm. So the bike runs better. Mm-hmm. You can wear all of your gear now. Comfortably. You, you spent 10 grand on all your gear. <laughs> you can finally use it. <laughs> and it's like October, November. I remember in 2015 when I bought my bike, I rode up up until like January 1st. I, 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 you know, I think I've ridden just about um, every month generally. I, I try to get out, you know, if, if the weather's clear. Lately, I haven't been. I mean, I, I honestly say the last couple of years, I haven't ridden in the winter as much as I've done in bef- before. But, you know, if, if I don't ride in the, in, in the wintertime, I'm probably going to buy a bike. <laughs> So. Right, that's, yeah, yeah. You're buying bikes in the winter, so I got to ride just to get that fix. You know what I'm saying? So getting out there even once a month, you know, on a on a nice, you know, forty degree, thirty. Degree. I mean, I've ridden in twenty degree weather, so honestly, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But it, it, it is, you know, is it's one of the best therapies out there for a long day. It's and let me tell you something right now. When you on that bike, man, and you're riding. You got to remember the road because road conditions changes every what five mm. minutes, they say, for a guy on a bike. Give or take. So if you go down the road, if you go down Main Street, you go back up Main Street, you go back down Main Street again, there might be oil spill, trash in the road, and, ro- and you're just locked in and you don't have time to think about nothing else. Mm. Nothing else matters besides you, the sound of your bike, the wind. The scenery right. and and the the no mental pressure because you got to pay attention to the road. There is no there is no feeling about that. And the only problem the, when we used to work at the motorcycle shop and we would like ride like the Yamahas or the um the BMW. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're going through the woods and you hear the birds chirping because those motors are really low, hear the birds chirping. And you you hear the squirrels and the and the trees break the branches break in, and you can hear the the leaves falling and you can hear the stream mm. and you just ride. Oh, that's the like you bring <sighs> people who got their 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 wood stove wood stoves burning and you can smell all that. Um, that's uh, it, it's it's an amazing time to be out riding. You know, I I I, I being in the car is not the same. Like riding and getting just being part of the environment, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. And it's so crazy that when me and my girl is driving, all the windows are down in the car. <laughs> she goes, I can't hear nothing. It's just, I love that wind in the face. And um, yep. I think now with I'm 49 this summer, I think my days of half helmets and T-shirts. and Done. Yeah, I think I'm going to invest in a full face. It's the way to go. I think that's the way to go. Um, Got to get a full face helmet. I'm going to miss a lot of that wind in the face. Oh, you still get it. It's not the same full force, but yeah. you definitely, because I, I, I only wear full face, full face helmet, and I can still appreciate um, the outside. So definitely um, do that. And it's safer, just in case. Yeah, just you, you always ride for the crash. No, you, you dress for the crash, not for the ride. Exactly. When, when you want a cruiser, you dress for the ride. That's true. T-shirt, bullshit-ass Nazi helmet, all that <laughs> dumb shit. I would never, ever, ever. What the fuck was I thinking? I would never wear that stupid ass helmet. Again, what is a black man wearing a Nazi German helmet and it's plastic? If you fall, it ain't saving your ass. Nah, they just come and sweep you up in the helmet. <laughs> You're listening to the Be Forever Cool podcast. My name is Rex Forty Five Shakes. I want to thank you for coming Love on, it. man. Uh, tell folks how they can connect with you because you do a lot of things. Um, period. Yeah, so right now, um, Sell the Listing. We got the podcast called Sell the Listing. We're getting into real estate investment. So if you want to get into real estate investment, you could just watch me from afar and be all like, that sounds cool, mm. or that guy's an idiot, mm. no matter what it is. And you can find Sell the Listing on YouTube, Sell the Listing on um, Instagram, 
There's also Bobby Shakes. Bobby Shakes World, baby. Bob just Bobby Shakes. Just go any hood. Mm, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, I know him. He's down there right. on, on East Fourth and Sing Sing. We ain't gonna talk about you been on tour Wu Tang, Bujabantan. Oh Jesus. The list goes on. Oh yeah, with the with the <laughs> every music. Now here's a flex. Every music that you like, I guarantee you I broke the record. <laughs> Say no more. Boom. Boom. As they say. Uh, Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Peace. Peace.